The interviews and discussions on this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hello and welcome to this edition of Stockhead's Rock Young. I'm your host, Peter Strachan. Over the past year, Stockhead has presented a wide range of companies and projects involved in a low-carbon and energy-efficient future. Business wants to lower its carbon dioxide emissions, while customers want more energy-efficient, longer-lasting products that have a low emissions rating. Sixteen years ago, two professors at the University of Manchester discovered how to manufacture graphene from graphite for which they have since been awarded a Nobel Prize in physics. Graphene has a single atom thick planar form. It's very strong, but lightweight and flexible with amazing heat and electrical conductivity. The material is now used to improve performance of electronics like batteries and supercapacitors, as well as many green tech applications. Graphene also finds application to improve the durability and fire resistance of composite materials and many other applications. Now, recently, Stockhead spoke with the managing director of graphene producer, First Graphene Limited, Mike Bell, following which the company has announced several initiatives for its patented PureGraph product, including a bitumen master batch formulation, a high-density polyethylene enhancement, a PureGraph-based supercapacitor material development to enhance battery performance, and most recently, the company filed patents for graphene use in cement and concrete products. Since concrete is literally everywhere, Stockhead recognises the massive market opportunity in this area. So today, we're delighted to welcome First Graphene's commercial manager of cement and concrete, Mr. Todd McGoran. Welcome, Todd. So, Todd, by way of background, can you give us a brief summary of the career in building materials that has brought you to First Graphene? Hi, Peter, and and thanks for having me here. I've been in the construction materials industry for 32 plus years now, mostly in technical roles, but also commercial project management roles for a number of the global industry players in the concrete, cement and admixture segments in different parts of Australia and Asia. Uh, what brought me to First Graphene was a desire to return to a materials technology and innovation role, which saw me join First Graphene in April this year. Okay, so that's a, a pretty solid background in the industry. And now before we really get into the guts of it, uh, Todd, just assuming no prior knowledge and to avoid confusion, can you please explain to the uninitiated listener the difference between cement and concrete so that we're all on the same page? Yeah, sure, Peter. This isn't uh, an unusual question, actually. Uh, to put it simply, cement is the powder and concrete is the mixture of cement aggregates, uh, being stone and sand, and water and specialty admixtures. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. Concrete is what's made from cement. But, uh, uh, you know, I think we find that they're often used interchangeably, which is not correct. But anyway, we're dealing with cement and concrete. So, Todd, what technology does First Graphene bring into the cement industry and how is this recent patent protecting its position? Well, First Graphene has been working with a number of the global and large regional cement additive companies to develop a unique 
pure graph, graphene enhanced cement additive for use in the final grinding phase of cement production. Due to the significant strength improvements that PureGraph offers, this technology assists the cement manufacturer in being able to produce lower clinker factor cements whilst maintaining the strength properties. And regarding the patent application uh, that we've filed is, is to protect First Graphene's intellectual property in the scale-up of graphene-enhanced cement additives. And secondly, the patent will assist First Graphene and its development partners in the commercialisation of the formulated graphene additives. So that's important. And so now really getting into the guts of it, I guess, what, what are the benefits that the mixing of a sprinkle of Pure Graph, which is your graphene product, into a batch of concrete confer to the humble sort of building material? Yeah, it's a good question, Pete. I mean, early on, uh, we partnered uh, with the Australian Research Council, uh, the Graphene Research Hub at the University of Adelaide, where improvements um, in compressive strength of up to 34% and tensile strength by up to 39% were measured when pure graph was added at very low dosages of less than 0.1%. We're also engaged early on with the Structural Engineering Laboratory in the Department of Mechanical, Aerospace and Civil Engineering at the University of Manchester, where the concrete testing there focused more on durability aspects. Uh, the water permeability or absorption uh, was measured to reduce by approximately 40% by adding dosages of up to 0.2% uh, to weight of cement. And we're currently wrapping up a significant concrete wastewater infrastructure and sewerage pipe durability testing program with the University of Wollongong, which has also measured significant reduction in water permeability and sulphate expansion was reduced up to 70% using dosages of pure graph of 0.2% uh, to weight of cement, which is a very significant finding. Uh, although it's important that we continue to engage with academia for research topics, First Graphene is now also focused on industry customers um, assessment and verification testing. Yeah, well, these these benefits, Todd, seem pretty spectacular. You know, especially if you can use cement piping that's um, less permeable and stronger. And and you've you've done these tests. You say as the the testing that's been done on dosage rates and the resultant concrete properties, are these sort of standard procedures uh, in the industry, that sort of testing? Uh, they are, Peter. A lot of the countries globally have adopted international standards or slight variations of them. So uh, what's good about the testing we're doing at these specific universities is the test results are applicable around the globe. I noticed in your uh, recent, the company's recent announcement that it mentioned that there was a dispersion issue in getting the graphene to disperse evenly through the admixture, which is the concrete, you know, the the, the cement, the gravel, uh, the sand and all the other bits and pieces so that it, it didn't sort of just aggregate in one area. Now, I guess that's part of your, your, your patent. What's the issue with the way to get that dispersed? Well, Peter, we've been engaged now with a number of global and large regional admixture uh, concrete and cement manufacturers in Europe, uh, the UK, Australia and New Zealand and sorry, South Africa and Asia. In each of these specific segments, uh, dosage trials uh, versus resulting performance is the method used to identify the optimum performance. The application of the concrete and its specific mix design will also influence the dosage of pure graph graphene required to achieve the necessary or desired performance improvement. Go on, this is really part of the trade secret, isn't it? 
Well, it, it is, but it's not really a secret, Peter. I mean, dispersion is a good question, and it's actually something that we actively raised with potential customers uh, in the early parts of, of negotiation or, or contact. And, and um, it's no secret that the challenge to making graphene uh, work in a cementitious system is to achieve proper dispersion of the pure graph platelets. Now, thanks largely to the great work that our first graphene researchers do at the Graphene Engineering and Innovation Centre at the University of Manchester, we're in a very good position in understanding what the best methods of dispersion are, uh, with a number of green tech formulations now being developed for the cement and concrete segment. Yeah, so you it's not a matter of just chucking a handful of graphene into the, the mixer. You have to make a pre- emulsion or some sort of admixture that you actually put in and that ensures that it disperses through the the concrete. Exactly, Peter. It's about uh, supplying the uh, end user, the cement manufacturer or the concrete producer, a pre-dispersed liquid product. Um, and that, that's what we've been busy working on in the last few months. Yeah, you've got to make it simple so they'll, so they'll use it. But I mean, what you've described there, this is what caught my eye, because you're getting 25, 30, 35% improvement in strength, uh, which means that you know, to build the same floor panel or the same wall or whatever, you could use 20, 30% less concrete. And if you're using 20, to get the same uh, strength, and the same, if not better, performance in many ways. So in reducing the use of concrete, you, you're um, uh, potentially really dropping down your carbon dioxide footprint for a, a building construction site. Yeah, potentially. There's a number of ways to, to look at the benefits of, of the pure graph graphene and its performance, Peter. You can take advantage of the strength improvements and therefore then reduce your cement content in the concrete, uh, so therefore still making the same element, or maintain the cement content but reduce the overall element size or thinner sections, or, or even stepping back uh, further uh, from, from the concrete scenario is going back to cement manufacturer where we're focusing on uh, grinding of cement and the use of clinker in uh, proportions of clinker in the cement uh, and reducing that clinker uh, factor. Yeah, so I guess, look, most people will know that the manufacturing of cement is a highly energy-intensive activity that involves driving carbon dioxide off limestone. So from an emissions and climate change perspective, it's one of the most polluting activities we humans undertake, yet cement is literally the building block for modern society. So assuming that the builders are motivated to reduce their carbon footprint by using less concrete for the same or better physical uh, performance. What steps are required by First Graphene, the industry, and most importantly, the building regulators to make the move to use First Graphene's technology? Yeah, so reducing CO2 emissions and moving towards more sustainable building products and changes to these building regulations and material standards and specifications to adopt these uh, green tech innovations are, are needed. The, the industry is calling for change um, and has been for some time. And there are a, a number of associations such as the Global Cement and Concrete Association, the Mission Possible Partnership, the Science-Based Targets Initiative, for example. Uh, these all recognise the key role of policymakers, governments and, and public authorities to support 
uh, the policy that will accelerate emissions reductions across the cement and concrete value chains. The Global Cement and Concrete Association, for example, uh, on behalf of 40 of the leading cement and concrete manufacturers, recently committed to cutting carbon emissions by 25% by 2030. So they're all on board. Uh, everyone's pushing for change. Uh, First Graphene's positioning itself to be part of this change by proving our green tech innovations, such as pure graph cement additives, can deliver the required performance improvements to reduce the amount of clinker used in the production of cement and thus significantly reducing CO2 emissions in cement production. So have you been banging on these people's doors over the last six months or so? What's, how's, what's the process? Yeah, well, it, it's a matter of just getting on board, Peter. Um, you know, the, the change in regulatory standards to adopt more green tech innovation solutions is starting to occur already. Uh, you know, the UK government, for example, has signed um, and sorry, has agreed to significantly reduce its CO2 emissions and is pushing its industries to make the change. So we will see more countries adopt this approach towards utilising green tech innovations solutions in the future. It seems to me that that's the way it has to go because, uh, you know, construction engineers are going to be reluctant to, you know, if they've got specifications that said you need so many tonnes of concrete for this building and so many tonnes of concrete for that application, they're not going to be too quick to want to change that unless they're actually pushed by the regulators to do that and use this, the technology that you can offer them. No, exactly, Peter. And, and in a construction of any uh, in infrastructure, bridge, uh, uh, building, etc., cetera, uh, the, the, um, the, the specification uh, refers to all materials required and all those materials required have standards that must be met. Uh, and, and they're performance-based standards. So in that standard, if, um, if that standard doesn't allow uh, uh, the innovation to um, uh, come through, uh, this is what's holding things up. And, and, and uh, people are well aware of that. Yeah. So when you do your tests and you, you, know, you do these test slabs and then you, you do the compression tests and all these other tests on them, um, are you able to, you know, send an example of that to the various construction companies and say, look, this is what you can use this and it's just as strong as what you've normally been using but it's 20% smaller. Absolutely, Peter. I mean, this is why you know, we've, um, uh, we write published papers, for example, where one of the very few uh, graphene suppliers that do publish our results um, and happy to do that. Uh, if it's not a, a published paper, it's a, it's a um, case study, uh, some market information that reflects back on the performance results that we've uh, achieved. Yeah, I think once builders start to see actual buildings or, you know, platforms built or bridges or whatever built with your technology, they'll all have to basically follow on, won't they? I mean, it's, you know, it's be a no-brainer for them at that point. Exactly how it will happen, Peter. It'll be the first one out of the block um, wind and, and there'll be followers straight after that. So, Todd, does First Graphene have a time frame for first movers to begin to move to the FGR admixture? And would the company expect that all players will follow a leader once these regulations are set to go forward? Yes, well, uh, Peter, being a new material, understandably each customer wants to vet it via a range of performance trials that suits their application. This does take time, unfortunately, and, and learnings need to turn into outcomes. As, as first graphene are quite advanced in this green tech development, I can't see any reason why the current trials 
that we are undertaking already and development work won't move towards field trials and then ongoing production in the near future. You know, the, the global and large regional industry players are typically the drivers of this change, as, as you've mentioned, why we're engaged already with them. Um, they're, they're, they're certainly the industry leaders and then there's followers after that. So, I mean, it's a, it's a one-step um, move to basically lower your carbon emissions by plus 20%, as well as getting a product which is, you know, less permeable, uh, probably more abrasion resistant and all those other, you know, lighter and all those other uh, properties as well. Yeah, the durability properties are certainly there, uh, Peter, and we're just beginning to appreciate that. So, Todd, what keeps you awake at night when you're thinking about the future of this product? What's your the thing that is really on top of your mind? Well, actually, what's exciting about it, Peter, is uh, getting involved and showing um, people and the industry partners who, who are keen to look at change um, that uh, pure graph um, graphene works. You know, it, it does uh, does some surprising things um, if it's applied properly. Um, and that's an exciting discussion to have uh, and learning journey with an industry player. Um, so um, I, I look forward to that. Yeah, and I think uh, I guess the good thing from FGR's point of view is that you've already got a facility here in Henderson in Western Australia that can produce a hundred ton of you know graphene products every year, which is you know would supply a lot of product into the um, cement business, concrete business globally, and that that could also be replicated. Absolutely, and it's a completely scalable model, um, Peter. So, um, and I'm I'm happy about that because uh, w- when this takes off in the cement and concrete segment, I'm going to need a, a much bigger plant. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's why I was sort of interested to get you in, Todd, today and talk because having spoken with Mike and also. Um, uh, Warwick Gregor, the, your chairman previously, is clear to me that uh, this is a massive market because it's, it's just the size of it. It's all very well to be putting graphene into batteries or supercapacitors, and they, you know, they're high value, you know, really useful applications. But this is like a bulk material application, which really could be like tons of graphene. Well, let let me give you the quick scale on that, Peter. Our plant can make uh, 100 tonnes of graphene per year. Based on the dosages that we spoke about earlier uh, in both cement and concrete, the addressable market that we're we're looking at is 420,000 tonnes per annum. So you're going to need a big boat. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, um, we'll, I'll leave you to keep rowing, Todd, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you in 2022 when you've beaten down those doors in the industry and we can see first graphene getting a few tons out into the concrete market so thanks for coming in to talk to uh, stockhead today great thanks peter it's my pleasure